Do you wish you had more time to slow down, relax, and just be happier? Are you always rushed and overwhelmed? Do you feel like you don't have enough time to do it all? Are you working longer hours as a way to make more money? This is episode 24, Time Affluence, Create Time to Be Happier. Hello and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams and I'm your productivity coach and host for the show. If you want to have a happier, more satisfying life, it's better to value time over money. It doesn't matter whether you're financially secure or financially struggling. Even when you control for income level, the more time affluence you have, the happier you are. Time affluence is feeling that you have enough time to pursue meaningful activities and enjoy leisure. You can exercise, move, relax, travel, volunteer, or engage in social relationships more. Time poverty is feeling rushed, overwhelmed, stressed, and overworked. It's having too many things to do and not enough time to do them. You can be time poor even if you have loads of money. With more people around the globe working from home, the average workday has gotten longer. The boundaries between work and home are even more blurred. We send more emails after business hours to make up for interruptions at home or hold meetings more often to make up for less face time. In her book, Time Smart, behavioral scientist and assistant professor at Harvard University, Ashley Willens, describes the autonomy paradox. Technology frees us from the office and increases our autonomy over when and how long we work. But we now have these digital devices wherever we go. If we're not deliberate in how we use them and when we use them, we can become hyper-responsive and overworked. You can track the number of units or amount of output per factory worker, but it's harder to objectively measure the productivity of a knowledge worker. There's pressure to reply to messages right away to signal that you're committed and that you're working. Time is a precious resource. While you can make more money, you have a limited number of hours in the day. You can't make more hours. You can only use and invest the limited time you are given. Be more holistic in how you use your time. It's not just about getting more stuff done. It's also how you spend the moments that make up your life. Are you increasing the quality of your life and happiness level by doing this thing? Instead of asking yourself, am I happy? Ask, how can I be happier? This reminds you that happiness is not a destination, but an ongoing process with a limitless continuum. You're constantly facing new challenges and obstacles that require you to adapt and pivot in order to be happy. Technology has freed up more time, but also made us time poor. Even though we have more free time than we did 50 years ago, it feels like we have less and we are more stressed. Time confetti undermines the enjoyment of leisure time. 
We experience goal conflict when we check our phones for emails and messages while we engage in family time, creative hobbies, and personal pursuits. We get pulled in different directions, small but repeated interruptions like emails, social media updates, reminder alarms, and text messages strip away our leisure time by 10%, says Willens. Because they randomly occur, they also break up free time in little bits. You might be thinking about all these activities you could be or should be doing, even when you don't respond to them or you turn off the alerts. There might be a fear of missing out or concern over not being responsive enough. Constant interruptions and distractions shred free time into bits and pieces. Time confetti makes it harder to de-stress, detach, relax, and rest. How do you become smarter with your time? How do you create time affluence to be happier? First, you avoid time traps to stay out of time poverty. You lose time when you engage in mindless tasks versus intentional activity. Notice when you get sucked into internet scrolling and email check-in. When you are time-stressed, you are more likely to work on small tasks that seem urgent but are not that important. You waste time by task-switching and multitasking instead of single-tasking. Notice what happens when you toggle back and forth between an important project and random inquiries. Attention residue builds when you're thinking about the last activity while you work on the other. Second, you prioritize time. To build time affluence, you need to reflect on how you might be using your time in unproductive ways. Time affluence habits involve making small choices that allow you to have more time and better time. Develop a time-first mindset, which promotes happiness. It's sometimes hard to have both more time and more money. Consider how you make trade-offs between the two. When it comes to consumer purchases, career choices, and life decisions, what do you value more? Money or time? Next, think about the Taylor-Morgan framework described in Willen's book. Which of the following sounds more like you? Taylor values her time more than money. She is willing to give away her money to have more time. She prefers to work fewer hours and make less money than work more hours and make more money. Morgan values her money more than her time. She's willing to give up her time to have more money. Morgan prefers to work more hours and earn more money than work fewer hours and have more time. Are you a Taylor or a Morgan? Answer honestly. There's no right answer or perfect match. There are factors and circumstances that can make you more like one or the other, and they change over time. You can also gain time affluence regardless of whether you're a Taylor or a Morgan. Data, however, shows Taylors tend to be happier, less stressed, have better social relationships, and are more satisfied in life. The Morgans are less happy, more stressed, have fewer positive relationships, and are less satisfied in life. Time-centric people gain about half as much happiness when they value time more than money. 
This generally holds true across demographics such as income level, education, number of children, and marital status. A time-first mindset also promotes social connections. Even weak ties, like chatting with a neighbor you run into on your morning walk, can boost happiness and reduce stress. If you're time-focused, you're often more satisfied with your relationships and career decisions. If you make choices based on intrinsic motivation and internal rewards, you're usually more creative and productive. Being time-centric is not selfish, but is pro-social. Time affluence benefits people of all economic levels, and freeing up time increases your ability to help others. The Taylor-Morgan framework has its limits. For one thing, more work hours don't necessarily correlate with more money. Perhaps it does when you charge by the hour or get paid by the hour. But what if you charge by the project or get paid a set salary? Although the framework isn't perfect. It helps you to build awareness about the frequent trade-offs between time and money. Willens writes that our health and happiness depend on reversing the nearly innate notion that time is money; rather, money is time. With a time-focused mindset, you can explore ways to find time, fund time, and reframe time. How do you find time? Willen suggests you do a time audit at least once a week. It's a day reconstruction method where you reflect on the major activities you did in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. How long did you do them? Did they bring meaning or misery? Were they productive or unproductive? Were they stressful or pleasant? Were they aligned with how you really want to spend your time? Where did your time go missing? You could do your time audit on a Tuesday, which tends to be a typical average day when you have obligations and constraints. If you can build time affluence on a standard day, you can do the same on a weekend or any other day. Time tracking is more detailed than a time audit. This works too, although it doesn't help to track too much. Tracking the minutes and hours when you exercise, engage in recreation, and leisure or sleep. Can be counterproductive. It can suck the joy out of these activities and add stress. But as Peter Drucker, author of *The Effective Executive*, said, "What gets measured gets managed. You don't have to track every minute or every hour of the day. Just capture information on the big blocks, like when you do focus work, take an active break, scroll through news feeds, process emails, and attend meetings." When it comes to time auditing or time tracking, I go with analog, pen and paper, or notebook or notepad. There's something to the tactile feeling and physically writing stuff down. There are also no digital distractions like what you might get when you use an app. But if you want to use a digital app or digital device, there are many time tracking options. Rescue Time runs in the background with toggle. You start and stop the timer with each task. Timealer, time tracker, or time flip two tracker come with a physical gadget, a multi-sided die with different sides for tracking the time for different tasks or activities. You place the die with your current task or activity facing up and track the time with the app. 
Go with what works for your time auditing or time tracking. The main point is that if the activity brings misery but must be done, look for ways to automate, outsource, or delegate it. Do pro time intervention. Make proactive time for important work. Willens recommends the 30-30 rule. Each day, set a 30-minute block for planning two-hour blocks of focus work for 30 days or more on something that adds real value. Use the two-hour blocks to make progress on important or meaningful things like learning and development, writing, coding, or developing ideas, and finishing core projects. No interruptions, distractions, or meetings during this block. Get your whole team on board, and reset workplace norms. In one of Willen's studies with busy executives, six weeks of scheduling uninterrupted time resulted in a 14% increase in efficiency. Set an implementation intention. Commit to one small change you will make today to reclaim your time and live a happier life. Focus on the big rock first. And do the hardest thing when your levels of attention and energy are high. Have a must-win activity. Choose one thing you have to get done today and protect your time to do it, even though it might take more than one day to complete. Be mindful of idleness aversion. There is discomfort with being still and doing nothing. In a Harvard University study, student participants were instructed to wait out a 30-minute period. Some had their digital devices and some did not. The participants without devices were left alone with their thoughts. Most chose to give themselves a mild electric shock instead of do nothing. Intentional leisure makes you more productive and creative. But if we don't know what to do with the time off, we fill it with work to get ahead or stay on top of things. Willens gives an example. Of a wife being invited by her husband to join him on a vacation in the Swiss Alps, it was an all-expense-paid trip covered by a client. She said no because she thought she had to attend an important meeting. He took his sister instead, and they had a blast. Years later, they kept talking about how it was the best trip ever. The wife doesn't even remember what the meeting was about. Another problem is saying yes. To too many things and overcommitting our future time, say no more often. Stop doing things you don't have to do and don't tie into what matters to you. Maybe you can negotiate shorter meetings or don't go to the meeting at all. Maybe you don't need to deliver the report that no one reads anymore. Talk to your boss. Talk to your team. Why are you doing certain things that seem to be low priority? Do you still need to keep doing them? Is this task something you have to do yourself? Are you the best person to do it? See if there's a way to outsource, delegate, automate, or barter the task. You could also scale down the effort and create a minimum viable product. Maybe you could drop some steps in the process and still meet the requirements. How do you fund time? Consider your happiness dollars. Willens explains that this is the monetary equivalent of how much happier an activity can make you. If you get a ten thousand dollar raise, 
it will make you a certain amount happier, which is the happiness dollar value of the raise. A time-related choice creates a happiness gain. How you use your time has consequences and payoffs. It either decreases or increases your happiness level. If you hire a house cleaning service, you could gain two hours of free time on weekends. Outsourcing dislike chores can make you eighteen thousand dollars happier. It's a different situation if you find house cleaning therapeutic, or if you assign your kids chores to teach them how to take responsibility. Maybe you just need your partner to help out more, or your kids to pick up their own toys, put their dishes away, and wipe up their own spills. Even relatively low-cost purchases can free up time for more worthwhile activities. Examples are a coffee machine with auto brew, a used bike for getting to your workplace or around campus, or a simple analog clock to wake you up in the morning without the digital distractions of your smartphone. How do you reframe time? Some necessary tasks are stressful and tedious. You can reframe them to make them more meaningful. Think about how your work adds to your broader goals and those of others. How does this task connect to your bigger purpose? We could also bundle it with a fun activity: listen to a podcast while you cook, watch a movie while you work out, or blast your favorite music while you clean the garage. To create time affluence, have reflection time. Take the long view by reevaluating how you spend and use your time. Behaviors and decisions need to keep changing because your priorities and goals change over time. There's no time like the present. If you really want to do something, do it now. Keep renewing your energy so you can fully show up. Do what you can to influence organizational strategies, industry standards, and workplace structures. If you're a leader or a manager, keep processes that encourage employees to ask for time off. Be willing to ask for an extension when you need it. Drop long meetings and forced team interactions. To make room for shorter informal hangouts, building time affluence is possible even among lawyers, consultants, and knowledge workers who are often time poor. Smaller pockets of free time can be used actively. Treat your weekend like a real vacation or holiday. Engage in activities that make you feel invigorated and rejuvenated. Plan your leisure time, not just your workflow. Passive leisure like watching Netflix, scrolling through social media, and consuming entertainment has its place as long as you use them with intention. Maybe looking at Instagram photos really does bring you joy. But passive leisure loses its value with more use. Maybe you'll have more fun participating in a creative hobby, learning a new skill, or interacting with nature. To learn more, listen to episode ten. Rest even when you're busy. Deliberate rest is principle number five in the incrementalist approach to creating big results in small steps. In my book, The Incrementalist, I write: To function at your peak in a series of sprints within a marathon, you need to rest and recharge. Taking breaks is essential to getting the right things done at the right time without exhausting yourself and doing more than you can successfully handle. If you neglect self-care, you make bad decisions. You're less creative. Your thinking gets muddy, and you make more mistakes.
you end up producing less at a lower quality. Your workflow is off, and even though you're putting in more hours, you're not getting the results you seek. You can make micro changes to your daily life and schedule. You don't always have to make drastic changes like quitting your job or taking a sabbatical. You might just need an hour or two every day to engage in things that are meaningful, joyful, and satisfying to you. In sum, you find time, fund it, and reframe it to create time affluence and boost your happiness level. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with friends, family members, and others who would benefit from being time smart. And subscribe and leave a 5-star rating and review. If you have a productivity issue you need me to address on the show or through direct coaching, contact me through my website at dianewilliams.com. Check out the accompanying book for more on productivity principles that make a big impact through small changes. You can find it on leanpub.com slash incrementalist. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for joining me and stay tuned for more on the Incrementalist podcast. <laughs>